0: Oh, oh, Hey, what's up, everyone? Drew here, and I hope you're having a great day. Thank you for checking out our podcast, 108 North. This is the college podcast for First Baptist Statesboro. And I want to take a quick moment before we dive into the episode to say uh, if you happen to be a college student in Statesboro, whether you're going to Georgia Southern, Ogeechee Tech, or something in between, you're looking for a community and a church to plug into, we would love for you to come hang out with us at First Baptist. We're downtown, big church, 108 North Main Street. May look a little intimidating from the outside, uh, but we would love love for you to come and worship with us and to learn how to grow. We're all about equipping and making disciples. So we have worship services at 8.30 and 11 o'clock every Sunday morning. And in between those at 9.45, we have a college gathering, uh, Bible study that we'd love for you to come join and hang out with. And then if you can't make that for some reason, on Wednesday night, uh, we have a college large group gathering that gathers at 6.30 as well. So love for you guys to come hang out with us. If you want more information, there's notes in the show notes and details and links, uh, and you can always reach out to me. So hope you're having a great day. Thank you for listening on with the show. Hello everyone and welcome to 108 North. My name is Drew Feltz. I'm your host here. I also have the great honor of being the college pastor at First Baptist Statesboro. This is our college podcast and today we are kicking off uh, I guess season two you could call it of the podcast uh, because we're doing a book club this summer and I got some friends with me. I'm gonna go around and uh, introduce them to you. Some wonderful young people who love Jesus, which is nice. And so uh, let's go around and uh, introduce your name and uh, your favorite place to eat in Statesboro. Uh, And we're going to start with ladies first.
1: (laughs) Hi, everyone. My name is Kiera, and uh, my favorite place to eat in Statesboro is a place called Bites.
0: Mm, Bites. You know they're going to a a bigger location. Are they really? Yes.
1: That's great for them. It's a little too small, if I'm honest.
0: It is a little too small. You're not wrong about that. Uh, yeah, Bites is amazing. Mr. Ron, man, that guy took me to Bites for the first time. Now he's gone forever. Oh, no. He'll, he'll be listening to this and, and say something along the lines of that.
2: Anyway, sorry. Bites is amazing. Hello, everybody. My name is James Gayton, and I'll have to say my favorite restaurant in Statesboro has to be a Mexican restaurant called El Rinconcito. Mm. Speaking of Mr. Ron, he and I actually went there for my first time here in Statesboro, and... Man, it was delicious.
0: It's gonna be so funny, like years later when someone's listening to this podcast. As if they listened to this podcast, they'll be like, Who is this Ron guy? <laughs> he must be a chef or a connoisseur <laughs> of great food. Um Yeah, anyways, yeah. It's good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. David Absolutely. Hudgens took me there the first time I was yeah. in town. It was so
3: good.
2: Love that you
1: What a yeah, guy.
3: What a guy. All right, and my name is Noah Lambert, and my favorite place would be Del Sur, but you have mm-hmm. to get the uh the taco salad bowl, sub chicken, and add in Fiesta Ranch, Mm. and it will change your life. (laughs) What makes the ranch a party
0: in Spanish?
3: I don't know, but it's a party in your mouth. And that's for sure. It is is a game-changing thing, and I have converted many people to it. Um,
2: See, I always get their pulled pork nachos. That's my favorite thing to get there.
3: Well, it's okay, because you can get something inferior, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it, when I will take you, and I will let you have the Fiesta Ranch, and you will say, no. thank you for, for letting me know. Well, I'll just it's start crying. Yeah, opening right my mouth. eyes. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's,
2: you will cry you, ugly you,
0: tears. You'll have sadness and happiness at the same time, because it will be a Fiesta.
2: Yeah.
3: But you'll be sad that you have not had this Fiesta yet. I'm
2: ready to experience this. Yes. My
3: family, quite literally, every time they come here, that's the only thing they get. And it's very often when you say, hi, I would like three of these. <laughs> and we all get the same thing. I think we well, need that's... to
0: have a bigger conversation about why you have to order for your whole family. Like, you have to say, I need three Fiesta things.
3: That's a much longer conversation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, guys... Um, Thank you all for being with me, and uh, we're going to be doing this every week. We'll probably have some folks in and some folks out because it's summertime, and uh, summertime tends to be a little uh, little dead around a college town. But for those who are in town, we're doing a book club, and there are several of you guys who may be listening to this that are all over the country, uh, maybe doing mission work or working for the summer or something else like that, that maybe you want to read along with us and uh, dive in. And we're just trying to keep uh keep growing in this season and so the book we're diving into is called nine common lies that christians believe it's by shane pruitt and uh <clears throat> i think it's a really great book i love that it's orange and has a jackalope on the cover of it as a as a fan of mythical creatures very it is very bright you can't lose it in your room as easy <laughs> nope um <clears throat> and there's a bunny rabbit with antlers on the cover of it looking at you and it looks so cute but you think he could probably like stab you with those antlers yeah, if, he kind of will kill you, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, um, yeah, we're going to dive in, and and we're doing this chapter by chapter, uh, and we're going through these common lies. So uh, the first chapter and the first lie in this book, and what we're talking about today is this, God won't give me more than I can handle. Who who out of all of us has heard that before?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
3: I think I see it weekly
0: on Instagram.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty often, yeah.
0: That was one thing that got brought up last night. Is that uh, this seems like one of those? Uh, uh, what, what were we talking about, Matthew McConaughey?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Matthew McConaughey has this tendency to like say things that sound really deep and good, but if you actually like r- try to dig into what he's actually saying, he's actually saying nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, exactly. it, this does kind of uh, have like a bit of an Instagram social media.
1: Oh yeah. It's
2: all part of that feel good Christianity.
1: That is what I was gonna you know? say. Like, yeah. Honestly. Just, like, people want to. Well, especially since Christianity is so big in America, um, it's like, okay, everyone kind of has this basis of, okay, I guess I'm a Christian. If I'm a good person, then I'm a Christian. Um, and so, but also the idea of like, we really want these feel good, motivational speech kind of blurbs to give mm-hmm. out. And that is what Instagram is really good at giving. And it's like, well, let's cater to all the. You quote, put unquote, a little Christians. quote
2: in your bio and. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And yeah. so that's exactly what I feel like this is doing.
3: And it's nothing new. I mean, this goes back all the way to Paul, where yeah. you know, Paul talks about how these people just want to have their ears tickled. <laughs> yeah. And that's all we want right now is, hey, what what cute little phrase or trite saying can we add in our bio or, or slap on an Instagram story to make ourselves feel good? And you know, the Bible's not about me feeling good.
2: Whenever the Bible starts uh, stepping on our, on your toes, you want to just completely... I don't know. Just get angry at the Bible, I guess. But that's just not part of you know the Christianity. That's not just part of the walk. Yeah, I guess.
0: yeah. And and I think you guys are all spot on. We uh, this sounds good, but if you actually dig into it a little bit, it kind of falls apart. Um, but we say this a lot. Like I, I know that he he premises this with a with some stories and some uh, understanding that you know sometimes when really hard things happen in people's lives, they'll just you know people meaning well. Uh, we'll be like, oh, it's okay. God won't give you more than you can handle. Uh, but let me tell you, if who's actually really going through something hard and difficult... Um, that, that does not help. <laughs> That's yeah. actually almost dismissive in some ways. Like, yeah. oh, God can't give me more hand. And you're like, you're sure? Because I, I feel like I'm drowning right
3: now. Yeah, uh, seriously. It's like telling someone, yeah. Telling someone who's drowning. Hey, just breathe. And it's like, well, well, um, I'm drowning. Well. <laughs> or, or, you know, uh, Gen Z is,
0: you know, they're always joking about being anxious and depressed and just being like, well, just don't be sad or anxious. You know,
3: exactly. mm-hmm. uh, like,
0: oh, cool, I'm healed. not that easy. Yeah, I have friends who have like clinical anxiety and they'll, they'll be like, somebody told me today, just don't worry. And you know what? I was cured. <laughs> I was cured. <laughs> it's like, I can't believe that no one's ever thought about that before.
1: Yeah.
0: I really like this is on page 14. If you're reading along with us at the top of the paragraph, he says this often when we believe or regurgitate the statement, uh, God won't give you more than you can handle. Uh, what he's really saying is we don't want more than what we believe we can handle. And if we're honest, we make plans for ourselves that keep us comfortable, and we want God to bless those plans and stay inside those boundaries. What do you guys think about that?
2: We can't set boundaries for God, you know.
3: I mean, the, the whole Bible is, yeah, I did mean to cut you off there, <laughs> but like, you know, the whole Bible is about, you know, we're trying to be conformed to the image of God, but America is how can we conform God in the image of us? Mm-hmm. We're all about our comfort here. What new thing can I do? What what new, uh, you know, game, TV, whatever that can give me comfort? And that's not what this is about.
1: Yeah, I was talking about this last night at the um, book club that we're having, um, which is on Wednesday nights at 6. Um, <laughs> and it's I really feel like it's it's rooted in pride, which is a huge thing, of course, in Western civilization, where um, we all want to be independent and make things of ourselves and so we want we would want a god that we made to think that we're secretly like really awesome and these like underdog superheroes that just need to um, oh, come to the right enemy and then be able to <laughs> pull out our strength and like, and reveal how secretly awesome we are. Um, and I feel like that's what this is getting at, that God won't give me anything I can't handle because secretly I'm really awesome and secretly I'm really strong. And God knows that. And he's trying to help me show a bunch of other people that too. And that's absolutely the opposite of what the Bible tells us about who we are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. Um, and I think I think y'all both make a point that the culture we live in in Western culture is that way. But I think if you dig down, like, it's been that way forever. Pride's been an issue forever. Uh, and uh, we definitely see it in subtle ways that are unique to us. Even the, this statement being phrased this way, I think someone brought up last night that uh, when did this saying start popping up? Like, because I, you know, it's, has it been around forever? Well, no, but the lie underneath it that we can handle stuff and that we're enough. And then you could even tie that the root lie all the way back to the garden and the lie that says, "Oh, you're not gonna die," you know, the, the lie that really started all this stuff. Is like, you can be like God, yeah, yeah, you can be like God because no, you can sure. handle it. Yeah, you can handle yeah. it. You, you can, you can do that. And so, uh, I like this is on page 18. He makes this kind of summation. I think we feel this if we're honest with ourselves because what you were just saying here was really on point. Like we like to act like we have it all together. And we can handle everything, but in reality, man, we just kind of fall apart sometimes. And uh, we we're, we just don't have it together as much as we think we do. Uh, he says this on page 18, if you think about it, all of life is more than we can handle. And uh, man, I, I feel that. I don't know if you guys do. I, I feel like Instagram and social media has created this like idea that people have their lives together, but...
2: Everybody's living the perfect life. Yeah, Yeah. highlight rule.
3: Highlight rule. That's a good way. Yeah, Yeah, I think, you know, if you argue, if you look at like all the common lies in this book, um, you know, as as we've talked about, you know, the the first lie that, that Shane reaches out here is God won't give me more than I can handle. And, you know, I don't know if he ranks them per se, but I would say out of all of them that's on here, I think that's one of the most pervasive that I see in culture is, you know, God is here for my. Health, wealth, you know, all these different mm. things, and you know, if I'm, if anything becomes difficult, you know, my I'm more than a conqueror in Christ, so He won't give me more than I can handle. I can I can fight my battles, you know, to quote all the songs that we see, and you know, as you look at Scripture, none of Scripture is about God giving you what you can handle. Mm-hmm. That's what Shane talks about on nineteen. Is yeah. that you know the promise is not that God will give you more than you can handle but rather that he won't give you more than he can handle through you. And the entire scripture is, hey, you can't handle this, but I can handle it through you. You know, from the very beginning where after the fall, you know, hey, you're going to have sweat of your brow, but you look and even, you know, from Cain, God helping him, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's happening all the way up until, you know, now where we have God giving us all these little bitty things, especially through the Holy Spirit.
2: The Christian walk isn't meant to be easy, but man, whenever you get it right, is it rewarding oh yeah that's a good way Goodness. of putting it
0: yeah and, and you know we really don't have anything. I know we got into this last night, and you know the, he quotes psalms forty six one God is our refuge of strength our very present help in trouble uh and uh i mean it's it's true right like everything we have our life breath in our lungs is from God like we can't handle anything apart from him. Even the things we think we can handle, the only reason we can handle them, that our intellect, our ability, our talent, those are all from God. Mm-hmm. And he makes this point on, on 19. He says, you know, if we're able to handle everything in our own lives, then why would we need God? Yeah. And that's a valid point. I mean, if we, really, if we really kind of dig into that, like it goes back to, like I said, all the way back to the lie that started off this in eden that we can be God. We don't need God, we don't need other people. How many times do we, we hear that in our culture, or, or on you know Georgia Southern's campus or stuff? Like, I don't need someone else. I don't. I don't need no man. I don't need. Uh, I don't need you telling me what to do. I don't need help from you. Or and it's all rooted in this pride and this idea that like we are we are self reliant and don't need anyone. And that's just not
3: true. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're super needy. Like we don't want to admit that we're really needy, but we are very very needy. I mean, uh, uh, we are very much like babies, where every single thing that we have and that we need has to come from God. And the problem is, is that as time progresses and He gives us gifts, you know, our gifts are are ours to use, abuse, and misuse. And so, you know, God gives us, you know, hey, I'm gonna bless you with this, and we're like, cool. So thanks for this. Now I'm gonna go take this and
2: forgive for you for my again. own mm-hmm. exactly. benefit. Yeah.
3: Not not give you any credit for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I can't tell. I mean, on, on twenty two. You know, as Shane's talking about the, the story of the, the Fask family, Fask. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how to pronounce that. But, um, you know, as you look at the story, there's a part in the title that says, no, not again. How can this be happening again? This is too much. And I look at my life and just that little phrase of how many times I've said that. Of, oh, God, not this no, again. Not again. Yeah. yeah. Not, not taking Lord's name. Why <laughs> me? Yeah. yeah. The, 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 oh, no. Not nah, mm-hmm. not this again. And, yeah, if we look back on my life or we look back on all of our own lives, we probably all said that, and yet the common story us all is that he
2: got us through it because mm-hmm. we're all here recording a podcast, and right he now. made us better through it too. Yeah, absolutely. Character development is not always fun, but uh it's worth it. Yeah, it's something about whenever you hit rock bottom, that's when you figure out you need God the most. Is mm-hmm. I hit rock bottom uh, this past semester? I mean, it was just brutal. You know, with COVID. I mean, I'm sure we all did. You know, dealing with the COVID nineteen yeah, virus. Year, last year was hard for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If it
0: wasn't for you. You're probably lying a little bit in some way, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but through it all, I feel like God was able to bring me closer to Him, and that just you know makes everything better. Honestly,
3: which well, shows He's like He's outside of our circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you know, Drew, you talked about it's like if God truly means that He works all things for our good, like that means all things, including a global pandemic, including loss of family members, including loss of job. All those things, he's not, he's not surprised. Like, wait, I didn't know it was going to happen, you know, before the foundation of the earth, he knew that these things were happening and, you know, he, he can work through them all.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, um, oh, I'm sorry. Career. No,
1: you're good. I was going to say, um, on 23, it quotes Ecclesiastes, which I, um, I want to say coincidentally read before I read this chapter, but then we know that nothing is coincidence because the Holy <laughs> Spirit is sovereign and awesome. Um, and if you're looking back at 19 where he asks that question if we were able to handle everything in life on our own why would we need God? And so it makes you think about the character of God and and who we are in like, in relation to that. And if you're reading Ecclesiastes which is a really difficult book, I'll be honest to understand um, it's
0: not the easiest, that's for sure. So
1: the teacher goes through these Uh, little blurbs of, I tried this thing and I went, I had all the opportunity to go all the way to the end of it and I found nothing. But at the end of it, he says, then since this happened, let us feast, let us drink wine, let us thank God for today, basically. And um, I was reading about Ecclesiastes and I promise this has a point at the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, There's this common theme of feasting. Where you have to acknowledge when you eat something that you are needy because you, by eating, you are having to acknowledge that you need something outside of yourself to sustain you. And so mm-hmm. it's this um, this mention and this idea of of humility and neediness that I feel like is running through Ecclesiastes of we don't really know what's going on. We have no idea. We're really clueless and good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. And everything is uh, is hevel, which is the word in Hebrew. But because of that, let us sit down, let us feast and let us realize that the only thing that we know for certain is that God is good and God is who he says that he is. And I feel like that is something that a lot of people don't really want to wrestle with yeah, because <laughs> it's hard. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I think he makes this mention on 23 when he's talking about Ecclesiastes about there's a, you know, there's a season for everything. Mm-hmm. And right before that, he says, basically, the truth is that God's sovereign. And he talks it really expands that. God's in control, not surprised, knows what's happening, working everything towards his perfect timing. And then he makes this same. it's not always easy. And sometimes it's not more than we can cope with on our own, but it's still in His ways. And those ways are perfect. And I know for my life, my own story, and y'all probably do feel it is, like we all have bad things that happen to us, and I don't understand the full scope of it because I'm stuck in time and space, and God isn't. God's perfect, and God knows how to work it. And God, God made us to need things and to, to do that. And so we got to kind of lean in on that. I mean, ultimately, God will give us things. I think, I think the biggest takeaway I have for this chapter is God will give us things that we can definitely not handle to make us realize how much we need him mm. and to lean on him. Were you going to say something, James? Let cut oh, all. yeah, you're good.
2: Uh, you Go back to page 19, top of 19. Uh, he quotes Isaiah 41.10. I just love this verse. It says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And what sits out to me right there is just the simply, I will help you. You know, through it all, whenever we're at rock bottom, whenever we're, you know, just going through the brunt of it, he will help us, mm. you know, all in all. Yes,
0: yeah, that's, that's a, go ahead, Kara.
1: um I was just going to add on to that. That's pretty much what I got from this chapter, too, is as Christians, the the good news is that we get God. And, Amen. And um, we didn't have him before, and now we do. And so despite the troubles that we are sure to face, despite the fact that we have no idea what's going on, um, we get God. And now through these trials, we get to walk literally with the creator of the universe and the savior of the world. Literally. Like, we, <laughs> we have them as good shepherds and good fathers. Um, good father? Father. Singular. <laughs> <laughs> to, um, to walk through life with and to walk through the hard things with. And that's the good news. And I, sometimes people... Maybe want something else. And that's not really what the Bible is advocating for if you really
3: yeah. get into it. I think yeah. going back to like what you're saying earlier about the food, you know, if you're if you're eating food like you have to trust the food you mm. trust that what you're eating is okay and we've mm. all been betrayed by food we have oh absolutely have. And, uh, Taco Bell has struck us all it it is taco bell has only been short. faithful to me and <laughs> remains to be faithful to me and the Crunchwrap supreme add-in chicken i'm a foodie cuz you didn't tell but you add-in chicken and the creamy jalapeno sauce and it's so, a game changer again. some people again.
0: may argue you being a foodie with taco
3: bell being the love of your life but i love taco <laughs> bell so let's roll with it um but anyways you know a lot of our life can be down to what do we place our trust in, mm. and yeah. it can be very dangerous if you misplace your trust and so you, can, you know connected by what you were saying earlier, James, about the Isaiah passage, if God is with us our our danger comes into how how are we trusting in god right you know if, to believe that God won 't give you more than I can handle is me trusting myself, and that's that's only going to lead to failure, but the beauty of it is like, to turn this back to Christ is that if we put our trust in Christ, then we have to believe that you know if Christ had came to this world and, you know, came as a, as a mighty conquer and didn't experience any things he experienced, it'd be very hard for me to identify with him. Yeah. But yeah, as I looked to Christ, I, he knew what it was like. You know, Shane, Shane has all these different chapter headings. You know, Jesus knew it was like to experience poverty. He it was like to experience exhaustion. He knew what it was like to be betrayed, to suffer from grief, to be tempted, to experience suffering, to feel forsaken by God, you know, all these different things that Christ experienced. And that, Allows me to put my trust in him to know that I have a good Savior. Because if he's with me, then he knows exactly what it's like when I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. Because if I look at the depths that he struggled, like, if I get betrayed, I don't know what it's like to be betrayed by my best friend who I've been walking with for three years by a kiss. I don't know what it's like to experience exhaustion to the point of walking around in a desert for 40 days and fasting. Like, everything he experienced, he experienced on such a more intimate level than I ever, prayerfully ever will. And that means that I can really put my trust in him. Yeah.
2: Well, I think we made the point last night as well. Um, going off what you said, Noah, um, God will never forsake us.
0: Yeah. And the yeah. thing
2: is, whenever Jesus was dying on the cross, God had to turn His back on Him, you know, completely, because you know He was just overcome with sin. So we, you know, in our Christian walk, we will never have to experience that. You know, Jesus suffered more than anybody you know, in the world ever has just solely because of that.
1: And it brings up an interesting idea. I I actually wanted to talk to you guys about it last night, but we ran out of time.
0: Um, We have time today. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's all Um, we have.
1: Just, of just the relationship between emotions and faith. And I think that this is where a lot of this lies coming from (laughs) is that, um, we think that because we feel something, it, affects our faith, like, because right hmm. now I feel like, uh, let me think of an example.
2: Like sadness?
1: Yeah, because I feel sad, then it means I don't trust God. Yeah, and that's yeah. not necessarily true. Um, you see in James, he talks, and, and I mean, Paul talks about it too, um, that faith is connected with works. That's how you know what your true faith is. And there's the idea of like the chair. If I say to you that I believe there's a chair behind me, but I never sit down. Then how, you know, do I really believe that the chair's there? Mm -hmm. If I say that I believe that there's a chair, but I say that I'm scared that there might not be a chair there, faith comes in. Did I sit down or did I not? Mm. And I think looking at, especially the relationship that Jesus had with his emotions, like he knew Lazarus was going to die and he knew that he was going to bring him back, but he still cried. He was still sad about it. So it's like, there's some validity there.
2: Emotion
3: is normal. Yeah. I mean, you look at John 3, for God so loved the world. Yeah. You know, all all of Scripture is, you know, we don't want to be led by emotion in terms of, like, our feelings. You know, if, I, if I'm like, man, I'm sad. Like, I'm just, in reality, have I haven't had my coffee today. Like, <laughs> our feelings are so fickle. Yeah. Yet, they are so beautiful. You know, like, in this room, you know, Drew's the only one that's married. But if Drew, you know, on his wedding day is, you know, the officiants giving things, like, you know, Dude, you take Angela to be your wife, and he just looks there and says, "I feel nothing towards you." <laughs> <laughs> like, would not be a good sign for yeah. days ahead. No, <laughs> that wouldn't go well. I cried at my wedding. I'll say it. Okay, nothing, nothing wrong. Oh, I definitely
2: will.
0: Well, I think you have to remember that God created emotions, right? Yeah, yeah. but emotions are not the nth degree of what we believe. They're but not are, true. Are, are,
2: yeah, yeah. You know, emotions are so fluid. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they. I mean, it, I go through like,
2: about fifty emotions I, a day, guys.
0: I woke <laughs> up this morning at like six thirty, and like I didn't feel saved. I mean, just being quite honest, I didn't really feel like anything. I felt like I was a zombie or something. Uh, So, but like, that's not true. Like, you know, I, but our culture today very much defines and lives on emotions are the, the, the truest thing we can find. See, I think a lot of our culture has got this like half right. They think that we're not like, actually, I think this whole idea of God won't give me more than I can handle. I think a lot of people in our culture will agree that they can't handle stuff, period. Uh, they'll they'll be the first to admit that things are messed up. But they think their solution is to look inside them. So yeah. that goes into their emotions and then that defining what truth is. But, man, emotions are fickle. And, like, they're good. They're, they, they're, God gave them to you. Like, don't turn them off. That doesn't help anyone. No. Uh, but uh, they haven't died for you. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they haven't not forsaken you like, James, you were saying. I mean, th- this is what Shane says, and this is on page 28. He says this. He, he quotes the old hymn. What friend we have in Jesus. Jesus knows our every weakness. Um, your emotions that, don't know absolutely. your weakness. And so when your emotions get swinging around in your weakness, uh, that can lead you to some pretty terrible places, guys, quite mm-hmm. honestly. And so I think that you're right that we have, to, we have to have hope, really. We have to trust that when hard things come, because that's what we're talking about. Like This is a lie because there are hard things in life that we can't handle on our own. And the only way that we can handle them is by leaning in to Jesus. Uh, I, I really like on page 29, he, this is him wrapping up the chapter. He makes this statement, and he quotes uh, Philippians 4.13. He says, this has to be one of the most misquoted, misused verses in Absolutely. all the Bible. 100 percent I saw a mug the other essay, I can do all things through a Bible verse taken out of context. <laughs> um,
2: but, How but, true that is. But
0: uh, Shane says, you know, this, this verse has nothing to do with dunking a basketball or winning a game or, you know, closing a business deal. Uh, you know, he, Paul's writing these words when he's under house arrest. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's awaiting trial. There's, you know, he, there's actually a pretty good chance that he's about to get killed because he's been preaching the gospel. Uh, and it's not about ability. It's about trust really and contentment that, uh, God's bigger than everything. And a lot of times we don't think about that. A lot of times we don't think that God actually is bigger than our problems or can turn something that we don't understand how in the world he could take this situation and make something good out of it. But that's exactly what God does.
3: Was that the quote you mentioned last night by, by Tozer, um, which I'm going to misquote, like, you know, uh, most important thing about a man is what he thinks about, when he thinks about God. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, the quote I typically run to is, um, I can't think of his name that writes knowing God, uh, Packer. He says, um, the, he, he spends as, you know, the most important thing is, uh, Do we understand our sonship to the Father? And they're they're two sides of the same coin. But if we have a big view of God, then when it comes to our feelings and our emotions, you know, so many times I think it runs into when we self-evaluate, God won't give me more than I can handle. I've been running on my own, my own accord. I've backslided, however you want to phrase it. As soon as we realize it, we're like, oh no, and we we run to sorrow. Mm -hmm. I've done so much, I'm so far from God. And we, we, again, root it back into pride. It's all, all, it's all on us. We have to figure it out to be this perfect believer. And in reality, you know, God hasn't moved. Like, the, he's, he's, he's God. I don't control him. He is outside of me. And the beauty of that is that when we realize it, instead of despairing, the action we should do is, okay, relying on that grace and realizing, hey, let me run back to the Father, you know, being the, being the prodigal son and running back with open arms um, and, and accepting that. Because, you know, as you look at the story that this chapter outlines, you know, it's the Foss family goes through a lot of really bad things. And I don't think oh, we can sure. adequately break it down and, and do it the justice it deserves on this podcast. Uh, but as you look at that, you know, there's a strength seen there that, you know, I haven't seen before. And I don't know that I could experience in, in right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just insane that, yeah, God gives us hard things, but... Ultimately, He gives us the strength through Him to trust in Him, rely on Him to get through it.
2: And leading on, off of what you're talking about, Noah, I mean, if we're going to believe that God um, is with us, we have to truly believe it, you know, 100%. You can't just put your toes in the water, you know, and everything. You have <laughs> yeah. to jump all the way in the fountain. Be, be
3: Peter in the boat, you know? Yeah,
2: <laughs> precisely. You have to believe it 100%. You know, there is no, in Christianity, there is no 50%, you know, or anything like that. There, There is none of that. Yeah. It's all or nothing. All I choose all.
3: Yeah. You know, all, all the scripture, you know, I hey, let me take you to the land not yet seen. Mm-hmm. You know, take your son up to the altar. You know, I mean, all, all of it is these crazy, you know, you know, Drew, you mentioned last night, if God told us, you know, the, hey, this is what's going to happen for the rest of your life. Probably wouldn't want to do it. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. What I said last night was um,
0: a lot of times it's, it all comes about to trusting God, and we we look at these things and we're like, oh, we can't handle these things. And God brings very hard things in our life sometimes to grow us into to what He wants us to be, to make us into who He wants us to be, and... Uh, one of the reasons that we don't get the full picture is because we got the full picture. We'd probably be like, nah, that's too much. <laughs> yeah, I heard someone say one time, the following: Jesus, God will do more than you ever thought He would be do be able to do with your life if you, if you if you truly surrender your life and say, God, God, show me, show me, send me. Uh, but it will cost you more than you ever ever imagined. That's that's that's, that's really true. That's a lot of what we're talking about here, guys. And so, well, guys, this has been great. Uh, we've got uh, you know one whole chapter. He he ends this chapter by, by kind of a summation of saying this, kind of contrasting this whole idea that, well, God can won't give you more than you handle. He says, truth moving forward would be this. Sometimes God gives us more than we can handle, but he never gives us more than he can handle through
2: us. How true that is. It is,
0: man. But we have to lean into that. And so my prayer for us and for everyone who's listening is that Uh, when hardship comes and it will come, whether you're in the middle of that right now or whether you're getting out of that or whether it's on the horizon and it doesn't seem like anything bad could happen in the world. Um, We live in a broken world, guys, and hard things do happen, uh, that when that does happen, that we would have our faith rooted in in truth, not in emotions like you were saying, Mm -hmm. and that we would know that God and His power through us is what's going to lead us. Well, guys, thanks for being with us. If you happen to be in Statesboro this summer, come and hang out with us on Wednesday nights, 6 p.m. downtown at 108 North Main Street. It'll be really great. We'd love to have you. Yeah, it'll be great. Uh, We have uh, church every Sunday morning, too. So if you don't have a church that you want to plug into and you're in Statesboro, or if you just want to watch our live stream, uh, we have services at 8.30 and 11 o'clock on the morning. Uh, James is up there on stage jamming out on the acoustic.
2: Right on, brother. And
0: so, (laughs) uh, you know, it's it's a great time of worship. Um, Our pastor... uh, Uh, Dr. Waters does a great job leading us through the scripture. And uh, yeah, we'd love to have you come and hang out with us. And uh, if we can do anything for you, please reach out. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.
2: Have a good one.